there's been three things that, that everybody would, would be familiar with. They're really challenging. Uh, one is availability of labor. Yeah. And uh, the second one is supply chain issues mm -hmm. on uh, equipment and then inflation. And yeah. uh, all three have kind of come together and are causing us lots of challenges. And mm -hmm. uh, they're all related, yeah. They're all related. Yeah. And you know, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Welcome to the Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of Electricity Canada. This is episode 073, number 73 of the Flux Capacitor. I recorded this episode in the hallways of the 2023 Globe Exchange Conference in Toronto. My guest, live from Globe, is Rob Lister from Oakville Enterprises and Oakville Hydro. Rob is the President and Chief Executive Officer of OEC. Oakville Enterprises Corporation, and was part of a panel that I moderated at Globe Exchange. At Globe Exchange, Electricity Canada released our annual State of the Electricity Industry Report, which was followed by a panel discussion on electrification and the future of the electricity sector. Rob and I sat down to chat following the panel. On this episode of the podcast, we talk about electrification and GHG reductions, the importance of leadership to address these challenges, the collaborative nature of the electricity sector, and some of the most pressing issues facing businesses today. We also discuss the breadth of OEC's operations and the increasing importance of ESG and Indigenous reconciliation. And, as is customary on this pod, we end the conversation with a book recommendation, Rob's suggestion for an addition to the Flux Capacitor Book Club. Here is my conversation with Rob Lister, recorded at Globe Exchange at the end of February 2023. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Great. Here we are, uh, we're recording it uh, in Toronto uh, after uh, our session that you were kind enough to, to join um, at uh, the Globe Exchange uh, conference. I thought we had a really, a really good and interesting panel discussion as, as we were launching our State of the Electricity Industry 2023 annual report, mm -hmm. uh, all about uh, Build It. Um, we started the conversation uh, trying to get a sense from folks, and I'd, I'd like to you know, kind of drill down with you a little bit in terms of sort of where you see us on um, the uh, sort of the path to electrification, mm -hmm. decarbonization. Um, what I was saying uh, as part of the session is, you know, are, 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 uh, are we, you know, well down the road and it's going well, or, or you know, are we in neutral and uh, we're not getting on, on, on the track? So what do you see us on that, that, that journey to electrification today? Yeah, well, thank, thanks, Francis. Thanks for the opportunity to yeah, no, chat today. Great to, great to get you on. Uh, well, we're definitely on the path, and, and as I mentioned in our, our presentation, uh, it, it's a, a slow-moving train. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been, and over the years, there's been a lot of things that have been done. We talked about uh, uh, shutting down some of the coal-fired plants here in yep. Ontario, yep. and there's been other initiatives, and other other jurisdictions across the country have plans to mm -hmm. uh, get off some of the uh, uh, emission uh, uh, generating. Um, 
sources, mm -hmm. and uh, and then there's a lot of lot of, lot of investment that's going on, and I'll come back to some of the challenges with the investment. But if you look at the NIDA project that uh, Interstar has. Uh, uh, with Northland Power and and uh, and a few others are are going to be doing in uh, southern Ontario. There, a huge, yeah. largest battery storage, largest battery storage uh, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the indigenous community, Six Nations. Uh, and that's just that is an off, that is awesome. It is as a huge step forward because as soon as that we can get some critical mass and be able to store electricity yep. for short periods of time, yep. will make a huge difference in. Um, and our ability to manage the system, to be able to avoid unnecessary excess capacity mm -hmm. for peaks, uh, helps with uh, grid stabilization. So um, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, and, and as you know, renewable resources have been uh, in play for, um, or sorry, renewable generation has been in play for a long time. There's mm -hmm. a lot of wind out there, a lot of solar. Mm -hmm. uh, however, um, not really enough to make a dent in um, what we need to do if we're going to try to get off thermal. Uh, right. Uh, sources of uh, of energy. Um, uh, so we're we're on the path. There's there's lot lots to do. Um, I'm gonna stop there. You asked me sort of where you want me to well, go. Well, okay. This. So so uh, Canada, um, we have got a net zero um, electricity uh, uh, grid uh, aspiration for 2035. We've got a, a net zero economy wide uh, aspiration for 2050. Does does Oakville? Uh, Oakville Enterprises have uh, targets as well, with respect to to GHG emissions, and uh, you know where where you where you want to have the, the corporation. Uh, yeah, go. so it's kind of two parts to that. On on uh, for the Oakville Hydro Electricity Distribution portion, we are um, in the process of, of being acknowledged by Electricity Canada for the the Electricity Canada brand on sustainability, yep. and and so we're well on our way, and that and that's the asset intensive. Um, part of our organization we have the, okay. the rest of our organization is um, is promptly service uh, yeah. related. Now we do we do have uh, a solar a solar farm in Picton, a 15 megawatt solar farm. We okay. have three run of the river generating stations in the north, albeit small, a bunch of rooftop uh, solars, and uh, so. Uh, and we have a fairly large geo exchange uh, yeah, so organization. Let's unpack that for for a bit, just for mm -hmm. starters. For, so uh, Oakville Enterprises, you've got your local distribution company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, the regulated uh, electricity Entity. company. And mm -hmm. then you've talked, you've just been talking about some of your unregulated businesses. Yeah. So how many how many unregulated businesses do you have? Well, we have fifteen operating companies 15 right now across companies. Canada. Yeah, okay. they, they, we now have about twenty five hundred employees across Canada, okay. yeah. predominantly in Ontario, but we have operations in Alberta and, and British Columbia. And, and uh, uh, to break down sort of our, our, our businesses, uh, we're the largest uh, locator damage prevention service provider in Ontario. Okay. And so we do yep. a lot of locates through two of our organizations. We have five engineering companies that are spread across telecom, um, gas distribution, and electricity distribution. Yep. And um, spread between Ontario and, and BC. Uh, have uh, three construction companies that do predominantly distribution construction. Okay. Uh, Ottawa-based, uh, Toronto-based, Oakville-based. Uh, we have a metering company, and uh, and so those are our, our service organizations. And then now the foundation for all those originally was Oakville Oakville Hydro, when mm -hmm. uh, uh, the uh, the distribution organizations were uh, corporatized in around the year two thousand. Mm -hmm. One of the opportunities was that the um, 
municipalities could also create uh, competitive affiliates, okay. and the yep. intent of those competitive affiliates was to be the benefit of the electricity customer through mm -hmm. scale. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Oakville was able to branch off, and so we've uh, been able to grow our uh, competitive business. There's not a lot of opportunity to get growth in the regulated business unless you acquire yeah. other regulated assets. And right. So the, right. uh, the the value proposition was pretty steady year to year. So we've been able to um, grow our business, and mm -hmm. and so um, as I as I indicated, we have a, a number of different operating companies across the across the country. Plus, we have our, our renewable generation um, portfolios, which. Um, which I spoke about, which is so we we, we sort of a, a attack the infrastructure and energy market from from all those different. Um, so how how, jumping how, off how big um, is uh, is the relative size of the uh, the regulated utility versus yeah, from, all of your others? Um, depending how you define size, from an asset value perspective, the uh, the regulated entity would would have more. Um, Right. Assets, yeah. um, electrical distribution assets, and from employees, our, our regulated organization has about 60 employees. The enterprise has 25 on 100 employees. Gotcha. And so, from an employee basis, there's there's quite a quite a difference. Um, and the, and the competitive businesses, exceed, from financial perspective, exceeds the uh, the regulated entity uh, yeah. by quite a bit. So, and so you, it sounds like you're principally providing services to other. Yeah, a lot of our customers. Uh, we, we did have a home comfort business. Um, okay. And and uh, just a little anecdotal. So we used to be the third largest home comfort business in Ontario. Okay. So our first two customers would be like Reliance and and Intercare, which were their number of customers were like in the millions. Yeah. We had twenty three thousand. Okay. So we were third largest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we um, and that business is a scale business, and yeah. and a lot of lot of capital required. To um, to grow, so we monetize that, and so we predominantly, other than in the the uh, distribution you, company, you, you monetize that. That's a euphemism for you. Oh, we sold it. Yeah, yeah, we sold the yeah. business. Okay. Yeah, we sold the business. Right. And um, uh, hmm. so we're now we're predominantly B two B is yep. our our business model, except for the utility, of course, which is B two C. Yeah. Uh, and our customers are. Um, uh, like we have a, like a, a number of very large customers, and then lots of like medium-sized customers. And so the large, large utilities, uh, mm -hmm. municipalities across Canada are mm -hmm. our main, uh, main customer base. And um, yeah, it's working very well, well for us. And we continue, and we've gone through acquisitions. That growth has been through right. acquisition, yeah. and uh, it's um, worked well for us. So, so are there are there GHG uh, reduction targets or net zero targets for? The operating companies and for or for the LDC, the um, so we haven't actually set targets because mm -hmm. those organizations don't emit a lot. Right. But it doesn't mean though that we wouldn't be moving towards a, the, the net zero philosophy. Something that we in the last couple of years we've taken very seriously is ESG. Yeah. And we're adding I to ESG, so it's ESG and indigenous because um, right. I've become right. much more. Um, Informed on on how important that is, and becoming more important in right. in Canada, yeah. and uh, our customers are um, are driving us uh, to to ESG. They require it. They mm -hmm. they um, our large customers are are very committed to um, ESG, and they're requiring their service providers to have the same level of commitment. And yep. so, um, but at the same time, it's good for business, and it's it's good for all all the 
all the right reasons. And so um, mm -hmm. that's um, that's the path that we're path that we're on. Okay. Okay. One of the things that we were chatting about earlier today was um, barriers and opportunities with respect to electrification. How do you see that uh, that calculus in terms of you know significant well, barriers and, and significant opportunities? As as Canadians, we're um, like we can find reasons not to do things in our sleep. Yeah. And I'm sure you sit through lots of conversations where you're trying to move something forward, and there's always the naysayers in the yep. room. So which means you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Uh, and and um, uh, and, there, and there's no shortage of like technical challenges and procedural challenges and process and, and jurisdictional uh, but all those can be overcome right like like if there's a will there's a way and mm -hmm. as as, uh, as Canadians we um, we have the uh, a history of when there's a will there's a way yep. and, and have proven that over time and so I come back to leadership mm -hmm. because uh, we need strong leadership we need tough decisions and some of the the, the barriers that are they're really in the way. You can have investment dollars. You can you can have technologies. You can have organizations willing to move forward, but legislative and regulate uh, regulations and political lines uh, get in the way. Yeah. And we have a very significant issue to deal with with climate change and electrification. Uh, we've made a little bit of a mess of things, and so the children of the future are going to inherit this. Mm. And uh, like we're going to be—we're not going to be judged by the—we're um, going to be judged by our, our actions, our inactions. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be mm -hmm. judged by all the debates and the reports that we produce. Yeah. And and so that's part of the driver for to get it going. But it it, it takes the leadership, and I know that uh, I, I had one conversation with. Um, a senior federal um, minister, and we're talking about uh, uh, coordination among the different tiers of governments. And it was pretty clear to me that they're they're not all in the same room talking about yeah. the the objective. They all have their own kind of um, space that they operate in. Yeah. And um, for this to work, we need all parties to agree that there's a. Uh, that we all got to make our, our uh, do our share, and we got to somehow share the risk, and that's yeah. a big part of it. There, there's a lot of things that we could do, uh, but they're risky, so you're not going to get investors mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. uh, uh, to jump in. Uh, but if we were to share that risk in, in some way, because all the all the solutions we pursue we pursue are not going to work. Yeah. But yeah. if seven out of ten of them work, then we're going to be a lot further ahead. So we need to spread the risk for those three that aren't going to work, mm -hmm. and and. Um, and and the government the government is the only only construct that we have to uh, to provide that leadership so that all the people that are willing to move forward, willing to invest, willing to make the changes, willing to to move the mountain, um, they, we need that we need that collaborative glue yeah. to make it happen. So it sounds as though the federal government needs to, to, to play. It's got to start with the federal the government for sure. That's the convener. Yeah, yeah but it, it, and, and certainly the government has set tone and they've set direction and they've set targets for sure and absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're providing funding and they're incentivizing, but it's it's not enough. The mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. our, our responsibility in the industry is to educate uh, um, the politicians and, and the people that support the politicians and so that they understand what the, the options are, what the opportunities are, so that they can make good decisions. They can make tough decisions, but they're making informed decisions. Mm -hmm. And so there is a duty upon us in the industry to help them understand so mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. go ahead and make those decisions. Uh, 
but it's the uh, it's it's the collaboration part yeah. be, because if we're fragmented we're going to fail. I mean, that's pretty clear. And we currently are. And we currently yeah, are. There's, there's uh, that, that alignment uh, isn't there. But the, uh, with strong leadership at the government level, um, at the senior level, uh, politicians that are willing to take the political risk yeah. and and uh, and the economic risk and um, is, is what we need. Yeah. Hey, Rob, what was, what was your journey? Yeah, I, I, I always make the joke when you were a young lad in the uh, schoolyard, did you always dream of of, uh, of of running a, a utility business? No, no, it was never. Uh, uh, so was, I wouldn't say it was ever a, no. a dream. It was a lot of it. Uh, life is, is full of uh, circumstance. I uh, started out as a as a distribution engineer. Okay. And um, probably the best job I ever had because I was doing really neat projects and yep. Uh, yep. big sense of accomplishment and uh, and um, doing doing things that. Uh, uh, that, that you could see the uh, positive outcomes from, um, but that that journey just uh, got me pretty entrenched in energy and infrastructure, and and I've had I've had many opportunities uh, and, and worked in many different roles and different companies, and um, circumstances have um, kind of put me where I am today. Yeah. And uh, it's an exciting place to be. Energy. I, I one of my comments I would often make is that, and I, I'd love someone to challenge me is that the the energy sector is the most collaborative sector mm -hmm. globally, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've been I've been with you, Francis, at, mm -hmm. at global energy um, forums from with global leaders from all over the world, yep. and yep. The, the amount of collaboration and cooperation and information sharing and joint problem solving is uh, it, it's overwhelming, yeah. especially relative to other. Uh, industries where um, uh, we all know people from other industries, and they'll they'll see what goes on in our sector, and they just can't believe that the yeah. uh, the the, um, the sharing information for um, yeah. uh, um, for trying to make things better. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you know, we, we uh, you know you talk about that at a at a, at a macro level. Um, one of the things that uh, that's always impressed me is is also down at the micro level, mutual assistance. Mm -hmm. um, the the I I don't know of another sector. That approaches uh, mutual assistance the way this sector does. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't doesn't matter where uh, in North America, uh, if an you know an emergency occurs and systems are damaged and they require assistance, neighbors um, and, and sometimes actually companies from hundreds of thousands of kilometers mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. come and provide assistance mm -hmm. to get the mm -hmm. get the service up to customers. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that happening in any other uh, in any other sector. Yeah, not, uh, certainly not to this degree. Huh? I'm I'm unaware, but you you, you it, it emphasizes the point though that the the people in the industry are willing to do those things that make sense and yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah, but it's it's the it's it's the 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 uh, constructs that we have, whether it be political or or. Um, or structural that prevent us from from doing things. There, there's an awful lot of collaboration uh, north south uh, mm -hmm. on the on the board. In fact, Francis, you remember when we were in Washington a few years ago, and we were down there, uh, um, certainly advocating the role that Canada mm -hmm. has with mm -hmm. uh, uh, with providing energy to the United States. Because at that time, there was a like you know, anything but but Canada kind of thing, yeah, and it yeah. was a real education journey for them yeah. to realize just how. Uh, re reliant they are on um, energy that's coming from Canada, mm -hmm. and that's been in place for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the and the, the commercial relation relationships uh, and agreements are are in place, and it's a system that works, and that people yeah. 
all work together to make it all work, yeah. kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, that's the kind of thing that can um, continue to, to happen with, um, again, with the right leadership to, uh, mm -hmm. to give us the, that opportunity to, uh, to work together. And we talk about different jurisdictions, and, and um, one of our, um, uh, we talk about the, the, uh, the, the east-west tie and the north-south tie, and mm -hmm. it's much easier to have the north-south ties from Canada to the U.S., yeah. of course, due, due to geography. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the business, really, and there's a lot of business relationships that go north-south north, more than they go east-west. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, however, um, we, we need to bite the bullet and, and try to um, reduce those gaps of, of electricity being transmitted from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. We, we, mm -hmm. look, at, we look at Saskatchewan, just doesn't have a lot of um, choices for uh, um, non-emitting uh, generation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you look at Quebec and Ontario and, um, and Manitoba, they've, they've got much more capacity and, and so we need to be... Um, Moving that electricity around. Mm -hmm. Physically, there's no big, like the, the electricity is pretty much generated and transmitted and distributed the same no matter where you go. There yeah. might be a different yeah. means of, of, of providing rotational uh, uh, force to turn a, turn a generator, um, but it, the electrons, the they electrons all flow. are the same. Absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, we've got some uh, um, barriers in terms of jurisdictions that are preventing us from taking advantage of that. And uh, with the, the electrification and the climate change, uh, we shouldn't be leaving any any stone unturned in terms of efficiencies that uh, can be um, uh, can be leveraged um, mm -hmm. because technically it's, it's there mm -hmm. and it's the constructs that we've the, the, and the old ones they've, they've been around for you mentioned it in our in our talk like a lot of these the, the rules were set up a long time ago yeah made sense right. then absolutely and if you were to start with a blank page we sure would be doing it differently today yeah. Yeah. and and uh, so the opportunity's there yeah. uh, but uh, we got some some leadership uh, challenges to get everybody pulling in the same direction mm -hmm. yeah. at the same pace. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, and it's been a topic that, that uh, I've been uh, addressing on, in some of the previous podcasts, is you know, Indigenous relations, Indigenous reconciliation. Um, I guess it's because of the, 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 some of the different companies that, uh, that Oakville operates. It's probably not uh, necessarily a, uh, the, the, the top of mind for your LDC, but presumably for your uh, renewable business and, and some of those other business areas. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing in this space? Yeah, it's, it's um, been very um, informative for me, and, and it's really been driven by our operation in uh, British Columbia. And oh, okay. uh, we were able to take a, a, a service that we, that we do here in Ontario. We took it out to British Columbia, and our uh, one of our large customers out there was very interested in it. Uh, however, um, very interested in us providing the service using employees from Indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. And um, we have on staff uh, um, people that are that are integrated with the Indigenous communities, and they were. Uh, Extremely helpful in and um, us uh, um, employing indigenous people mm -hmm. uh, to do the work, right. and then that's been great for our relationship with our, our customer, and it's opened up avenues and our eyes for um, for that, and and so we're trying to bring that down to um, Ontario, okay. and um, uh, we're um, um, trying to get to know some of the. Uh, 
uh, indigenous communities. We've, we joined the um, Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business yeah, right, and yeah. are trying to participate in that. Yeah. And we see the opportunity that, uh, well, it, it, well for, it's the right thing to do. And, and the first step is for us to inform and educate ourselves. Um, but they're um, uh, working, working together. We all have, we all have the, the same objectives. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's an opportunity to work together and, and um, for, the, for the different communities to um, um, to benefit, mm -hmm. yeah, right, right. So, what's the what's the biggest issue then? Um, looking forward, say, in the next year, what's 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 going to be the the most burning issue for you uh, as uh, yeah. as head of uh, Oakville Enterprises? Yeah. Well, for the um, for the last uh, eighteen months or so, we, we, there's been three things that, that everybody would, would be familiar with. There. They're really challenging. Uh, um, one is availability of labor, yeah, and uh, the second one is supply chain issues mm -hmm. on uh, um, equipment, and um, and then inflation, and yeah. uh, all three have kind of come together and are causing us lots of challenges. And mm -hmm. uh, they're all related, yeah. They're all related, yeah. and you know, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Where we are exploring all sorts of different opportunities to try to. Um, Tackle, tackle them, and, and every business is, is pretty much faced with the same problem. So we're all in the same soup together. Yeah. But that's that's the biggest challenge right now. Yeah. And and people uh, um, is is the one that uh, we seem to have the least ability to um, to make good progress on, just because of the shortage of people that are willing to um, to work in the in the kind of work that. Um, uh, well, and, and, and just availability. Yeah. yeah. No matter no matter what the, one of, one the of type our, of work. One of our colleagues uh, has described uh, it as the talent pool has now shrunk to a puddle. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I think kind of captures the, the yeah. challenge. Yeah. No, I have. A, I'll use this opportunity to give my view on the work at home uh, hey, scheme. What's your What's uh, your yeah. view on work well, at home? Well, I am not a. Uh, You're not a fan. I'm not a fan for most. Uh, roles in an organization for for work at home. It's certainly um, uh, and one has to be capable of broad brushing because every job is um, has its own attributes and it's a little bit different. And there's certainly some jobs that are well suited and, and some individuals are well suited to um, uh, for those kind of roles. But the um, it's uh, the workplace is a place where you. You make friends, you make social connections, you learn. Uh, you, uh, mm -hmm. if you're, if you want to be a leader, you can't do that from a video screen yeah. from your from yeah. your home. And uh, um, so, if if you're somebody who wants to have a career path in leadership, you got to get your butt out of bed. Well, get get your butt into the office, kind of thing. <laughs> Presuming you're already out of bed. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, but if you want to learn. Uh, yeah, you you got to be around yeah. people, yeah. and because it's it's the conversations and the the showing and the teaching and the experiencing and the opportunities that uh, just the circumstantial opportunities that come up because you're present mm -hmm. uh, that can be uh, life life changing in a very positive way. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. All right. Last question, and and it's something that I ask everybody. Uh, that comes on the podcast. Uh, I ask for a, a book recommendation, and uh, we've we've uh, put together something that uh, we call the, the Flux Capacitor Book Club. So, looking for a book recommendation yeah. for you to add to our well, book club I'm, list. Well, I'm working through a book 
by by uh, I believe her name is Sheila Coulter. Sheila Coulter. And the book is the title I'll have correct is In from the No the, sorry The Right to Be Cold. The right to be the cold. right to be cold. Okay. And it's uh, an indigenous woman who uh, experienced the, um, uh, the what's the word to describe it the, the experiences that the, her indigenous community uh, went through when there was the, the movement to try to erase their culture. Okay. And yeah. it's it's one hand horrifying to read what uh, what they went through and and. Uh, but what's amazing is the resilience, the resiliency of the of the kids that mm -hmm. were forced from their communities and uh, sent to schools that were very, very, very far away, uh, and uh, being disconnected from their their family and mm -hmm. their their language and their culture and and um, uh, so it's it's uh, it's very it's a very interesting read and uh, very educational and and um, uh, and through the eyes of uh, of Sheila. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so the right to be cold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Yeah. Thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll add that to our Flux Capacitor Great. Club list. And Rob, thank you for taking the time to, to jump on the podcast. Uh, yeah. it's, Thanks, uh, Francis. Great to catch up. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Enjoyed it very much. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Flux Capacitor. Tune in for future podcasts please take the time to rate the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen. And let me know what you think of the Flux Capacitor. You can find me on Twitter as Brad Bradley. The website is thefluxcapacitor.ca, and it includes links for this episode on the show page, this being episode 73. And while you're there, check out the book club page, which provides info on and links to the books, which have been recommended by guests on the Flux Capacitor, including the Right to be Cold, One Woman's Story of Protecting Her Culture, the Arctic, and the Whole Planet, by Sheila Watt-Cloutier, Rob Lister's recommendation. And let's continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca. Oh.